just as great as a hole-in-one, it's the Medicare for the Lazy Man podcast. A Medicare podcast that brings a tear to the eye. He gets the wintertime blues every winter. It's Medicare expert, Doug Jones. Well, hello again, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another episode of the Medicare for the Lazy Man podcast. This is the podcast predicated on the idea that you can beat the government at its own game. And how might I suggest you do that? Well, eventually, those of us who live long enough are going to have to go on Medicare. That's health insurance provided by the government to help pay medical bills that you might incur as you get older and more prone to have physical problems that need to be corrected. So Medicare insurance was created by the federal government and is provided to you, the American citizen, at some cost, although fairly modest cost, and the coverage is pretty darn good so far until somebody decides to wreck it. But it is not complete coverage. Medicare needs help, and this is where we come in. When I say we, I'm using the royal we. I have written a book entitled Medicare for the Lazy Man. 2023 is the current edition, and it explains where the flaws in Medicare are and how you can fill those gaps in coverage with separately purchased insurance plans that are pretty cost-effective and uh, certainly uh, require some guidance and require a person with an insurance license to give them to you, to sell them to you. So my book, Medicare for the Lazy Man 2023, is an explanation of how you can avoid missing out on the full protection that the federal government offers you through the Medicare program. And it tells you how you can avoid any late enrollment penalties, how you can avoid overpaying for these products, how you can get them for the minimum amount available, and how you can have complete protection against insurance or excuse me, against uh, medical medical bills, expensive medical treatment without uh, breaking the bank. So I would suggest that you go to Amazon.com or BarnesandNoble.com and pick up your copy of Medicare for the Lazy Man 2023. You can get the Audible book. You can get the Kindle book immediately, immediately available for under $4. You can get the paperback book for a very reasonable price, and you can get the beautifully bound hardcover edition with colorful illustrations for a mere $22. What a pittance. So you have your choice, a wide variety of options available, but each one of those books has the same very helpful information in it and will make you a Medicare superstar. Speaking of superstars, we have Randy Carson in the studio today. Hello, Randy. Thanks for showing up. I appreciate it. Well, thank you. I always appreciate uh, you noticing that I'm in the studio. I always try to be very quiet, you know, like a church mouse. You, know, you I are, just, I just you, you are mouse-like. That's I'll give you that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I don't want to make any noise and, you know, upset the recording, but uh, I had to tell you today, I, I've got something in my head. I've just got to get out. Oh, lay it on me then. Is this did like a personnel? A- should I call HR? Are we having <laughs> personnel problems? Did you get a haircut? 
Not recently. What you, what you're looking at is the famous Jones bedhead. Oh, I, I got thought, a I, I got a haircut about three haircut. weeks ago. I got a haircut in Illinois, and I've got my headphones on, and the headphones crush the hair, the remaining hairs that were not cut uh, <laughs> close to my head. I thought, oh my God, Doug got another haircut, and then yeah. then I thought I saw you know the little sticking up part, and I go, I think he's even got some moose in. No, I'm not using any product, and frankly, uh, I'm not. I'm not even going to go near any sort of uh, haircutting implements for another three months. Three months is about all I can get away with until uh, the spousal unit uh, decides to uh, start coming down on me big time. Is that is that about the time that Mary starts saying when you're at the grocery store? No, you just stay here. Well, she's already done that. I, apparently, I'm not that much fun to shop for groceries with. So I have, and and also doing laundry. I've been relieved of those duties because I accidentally turned all my underwear red or pink, uh, yeah. like Joe Arpaio. Uh, so is she is she still making you wear them out? No, basically, uh, I uh, got rid of them all. I hope to hide the evidence, but I guess I got a couple of extra cocktails one night and confessed. So uh, confessed, yeah. So, yeah, I, yeah, okay. I I I've done that before. I I've I've actually had to go through the pink underwear process myself. Well, was the uh, result for you as good as the result for me? Don't ever do laundry again. Just stay away from the laundry room. Uh, yeah, it diff. It kind of had that effect, although you know I wasn't fighting against it or anything. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, now I'm not invited to the grocery shopping forays either. <laughs> So I put in my <laughs> orders, you know, I have, I add things to her list and she comes home with the things I've added to the list, but I don't get invited to the grocery store uh, anymore. <clears throat> so, well, I you know, we're going we're gonna to have some other, we have some other fun in, in mind for you here today too. Well, I hope so. Do we have any uh, stupid laws that we could discuss? That's exactly what we're going to do. We're going to continue forward uh-huh. with our saga Actually, the series of stupid laws on the books in various states in the union. Cool. And I'm I'm going to go off with uh, California today. I'm even going to tell you what state it is. Already. Now this, you know, this will probably open up a lot of ideas for you about laws in California. But this is a particular one that I have no idea where in the world it ever got on the books why it got on the books and why it's still there. But uh, go ahead. Do you want a hint? Well, I'm going to need a hint because right now I can think of about 50 stupid laws that are enacted in California. And uh, that's just way too many possibilities. There's a lot of stupid stuff that happens in California. So I would like to have the the, uh, options narrowed down for me, if you don't mind. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll give you a little bit of a hint here. Blank. Okay. That's what this is. Blank. Okay. Okay. Must not mate within close proximity of taverns, schools, or places of worship. Oh boy! Okay, I'm guessing this is not a human. <laughs> the blank is not going to be some kind of a human. I'm guessing that they already refuse to mate in places like that. So it's got to be some kind of animal we're talking about here. Now, what kind of animal would be subject to uh, law? Um, wouldn't be any wild animals, wouldn't be bears or mountain lions or anything. So my thinking is that it would be some sort of domesticated animal that has um, no qualms about mating wherever they want to. 
And uh, that would require humans then to bring them into compliance with the law by stopping the mating process. I'm going to say horses. That would be my guess. You actually are you're 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 actually ninety percent right, but actually you also limited it too much. It's any animal. So oh. if you, <laughs> if you okay, let's just pretend you're going to church in California. Uh huh. Down at the first, you know, the first Presbyterian Church of Upper Slobovia. Sure. If you if you see a squirrel out in the parking lot in said <laughs> church mating okay. with an, another squirrel, yeah, they are they are doing an illegal act, and you have a right to turn them in to the animal control people. My God, that that's uh, an incredibly inventive use of the legislature. <laughs> yes. Okay, I, I, I want to make sure all. My animals are punished for their animalistic behavior. I, I think it's one of the better laws I've heard coming out of California. No, nothing stupid about that law. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there, there's a whole bunch of other stupid stuff going on in California that we would probably object to if we were subject to those laws. Yeah. So, so well, that's anyway, a good that's, one. That's, that's my, the best that's one so far. The, yeah, you, you came 90%. Well, you were, in reality, you were right. But you limited it just a little bit, but so I can't give you the full ninety no. points. I'm going to give you eighty-five. Well, that's pretty generous of you because I was thinking it was only domesticated animals, but in reality, it applies to all animals. Those people were really taking their smart pills the day they came up with that idea. If I look out in a church parking lot and see a buffalo or uh-huh. a bear or anybody out there mating with said with other yeah. said bear or other right. said buffalo. I'm just going to let him go because I'm not going to attempt to stop it. Well, you're not a, a sworn officer of the law. Why would no. you stop them? You'd have to turn them in. You'd have to call the police or call the animal control people and say, here's my observation. Get over here and stop it right now. That's right. That's <clears> right. <throat> well, so I'm, I'm just saying, I don't know where they got that law, why it's on the books. But now here's the thing you need to think about tonight as you're drifting off to sleep. Why was that law put on the books? <laughs> I don't want to. It makes my head hurt to think about it. It's it's California, so there may never be a rational reason for it uh, to exist. It, it's enough to say that it's in California, and that's where it was passed. And those people, oh, yeah. I guess, just had a little too much free time on their hands. Well, there you go. That's my gig for today. So I would assume that we need to move on into some yeah. productive money-making work. So we, as the we might nominal want to talk- producer... You're in charge of this, so I will uh, I will begin my duties, but I just want to say, I guess my really favorite uh, law is the one in Alaska, where you're not oh, yeah. permitted to wake up a bear to take a selfie with it. No, you're not. And you're- you know that's a great that's a great piece of information because if you were to open if you were to crawl into a cave uh-huh. and wake a bear and say, you know, okay, let's take a selfie. Yep. That would be the last bear you ever saw. And the last selfie you ever took, I'm sure. (laughs) Hey, guess what I've got? I've got correspondence from some of our favorite people in this stack somewhere. One that that floated to the the top is our, our, one of our favorite correspondents, Dominic Regina. And Dominic's asked me a question. uh, And the question is, hello, Doug. I always like to start with the uh, salutation. He said, I'm enjoying the new guest appearance format on your podcast. Randy Norris's story was very informative. 
He said, I just received a COLA notification, a cost of living increase notification from Social Security, which also included a new IRMA assessment for next year, for 2024, based on my two-year-old income tax return. That's his return from 2022. Now, IRMA, the IRMA assessment or the IRMA penalty is IRMAA, which is the income, oh boy, um, Income, <laughs> well, I'll come back to it when I stop thinking about it. It'll pop into my head. But basically, it's the success penalty. It's the penalty that uh, successful people are charged, which increases the premiums due for their Part B of Medicare and for their Part D of Medicare drug plan. They have to pay extra because they have reported higher than average income. It's income-related monthly adjustment amount. See, I told you if I stopped thinking about it, it would pop right into my head. So those who are successful have to pay an extra amount of premium for the Part B and the Part D drug plans under Medicare. So uh, Dominic just got a... uh, uh, notice that he's going to have to pay another year of IRMA penalties based on his 2022 income tax return. So he said, it looks like the Social Security Administration does an IRMA review just before the new year. And that's a good thing to know because people have asked me, when am I safe or when does my notification come? And it looks like it comes just before the uh, beginning of the new year. So Dominic went on to ask, do you know if there's a limit to the number of times that you can appeal the IRMA assessment? I expect to receive another IRMA assessment this time next year based on my 2023 income tax return, and that should be the last. Would I be able to uh, make it three appeals? And my response was, um, I have never heard of any limit to the IRMA appeals. It seems logical that you would be appealing the current assessment, not necessarily all future assessments. I would go for it again if I were in your position. Thanks for the feedback about our guest policy. Uh, Randy will probably be back to talk about his sleep apnea treatments, or is it sleep apnea scams, at some point in the future. Uh, Randy went through sleep apnea treatment and is not uh, convinced that it was uh, of any assistance to him at all. So I just wanted Dominic to know that he's probably going to be able to um, uh, appeal his IRMA success penalty uh, assessment, and uh, hopefully he will succeed in doing that. So we move on to (laughs) uh, a guy whose picture I've been looking at periodically. I believe this guy wants to run for governor of Louisiana. So right now he is the... uh, Uh, commissioner of insurance in the state of Louisiana. And unlike any commissioner I've ever seen in any other state, including DC, uh, that's 50 other jurisdictions. I've never seen the picture of a, an insurance commissioner plastered all over my incoming email like this guy. And uh, his name is uh, James J. Donnellan. And I believe that what he's doing is uh, promoting himself so that when he eventually runs for governor, all Louisianans connected with insurance are going to recognize him, and they'll all vote for him, I bet. I don't live in Louisiana, and I don't vote there, so it's not doing him any good to correspond with me. But he does 
have an excuse. He's always sending out these, uh, these circular letters. This one says, Louisiana Department of Insurance urges senior citizens to be vigilant against Medicare scams during open enrollment. And he does a lot of uh, uh, setting of the stage of uh, how to uh, or how stam- scams occur and, and who the victims are. And um, he has a list of senior uh, protection actions, uh, how they can protect themselves from scams by following the advice below. So here are five items. Number one, do not engage with unsolicited callers who want to talk with you about Medicare. And that goes, especially for Medicare uh, Advantage salesmen, they're not supposed to be calling you. They're only supposed to contact you when you have given them express permission to contact you. So a lot of people have suggested that you can scare them off by saying, what is your license number? Write that number down. Uh, Then they will uh, probably be a little shyer about talking to you and you can call and report them to the Department of Insurance as having contacted you uh, without being invited to contact you. They have to have a form signed by you that's called a PTC, Permission to Contact, and they're not supposed to be contacting people willy-nilly or cold calling or leaving uh, tracts you know, or, or flyers under your car windshield wipers or any of that stuff. The next one, number two out of five, don't give unsolicited callers your name, your Medicare identification number, or your social security number. Scammers could use this information to make changes in your plan without your knowledge. Typically, that would be selling you a Medicare Advantage plan without your knowledge, and you wouldn't really know it until you went to the doctor and found out that your card, your ID card from the coverage that you already had is worthless. It's no good anymore. By then, it might be too late. You'd have to complain and raise a raise a ruckus in order for the uh, Department of Insurance to allow your switch back to your original plan. But the whole deal is, by then, the crooks would have collected a very healthy commission, like $500, for giving you a plan that you never wanted to buy and uh, then disappearing off into the sunset. So don't allow them to do that because then the taxpayers are going to pay that big fat commission to the uh, crooked agents. Number three, if you do get an unsolicited call about Medicare, ask the caller for their name and license number, and then hang up and call Medicare to report your experience. Number four, if you discover that your plan has been uh, switched without your knowledge, which is what I just described, Call Medicare or call the um, the ship insurance uh, people. They're supposed to be very um, center of the road. They're non-committal and uh, not com- uh, beholden to the insurance industry. Uh, and uh, ask them to uh, ask Medicare to change your plan back to uh, what it used to be. If you have questions about Medicare, call a trusted partner. And here again, they use the ship thing. I say call Doug Jones if you got a question about Medicare. That would be one way to get information without having your arm twisted because I talk to more people that I never sell any products to than you can shake a stick at. And uh, once in a while, it pays off, and it's always enjoyable to talk to people. So that's uh, just something to remember. Now, I have often in the past read about 
Medicare Advantage problems with their networks. You uh, probably know that you cannot get fully reimbursed for your medical expenses if you don't use the network providers if you have a Medicare Advantage plan. Uh, With some plans, like the HMOs, you won't get anything if you don't use the network. With other plans, uh, you will get something. The PPO plans allow for some partial payment of your medical expenses if you go to see doctors outside of the network. But the if you've got a Medicare Advantage plan, the overall rule is stay in the network or else it's going to cost you some money. And so the bad news for these people in Albany, New York, is that uh, the Albany Medical Hospital is not participating in the WellCare um, Medicare Advantage networks. And then they had to send out this letter to people in New York because it wasn't bad enough that they cannot go to the Albany Medical Hospital again. But the Saratoga Hospital and Glens Falls Hospitals are now part of the Albany Medicare umbrella. Now that Albany um, Hospital, Albany Medical Hospital has acquired those other two hospitals and those other two towns, Saratoga and Glens Falls, you can't go to those either. It's just incredible. So the number of facilities that you can go uh, be treated at or be treated by the doctors that are uh, connected with them is uh, shrinking. You have now fewer places to go if you have a Medicare Advantage plan and you want to get medical treatment at one of their network hospitals, you've got to uh, rethink which facility you're going to go to. Now, here's another little thing. Um, This is a uh, story about it's uh, entitled Modern Healthcare. United Healthcare, uh, the world's largest, or at least uh, the America's largest health insurance company, has been sued over the artificial intelligence and Medicare Advantage denials. This is a very short little blurb, but it's indicative of what we're going to face as uh, Medicare or as Advantage uh, or artificial intelligence becomes more prominent in the business world. United Health Group faces a potential class action lawsuit over its use of artificial intelligence to allegedly deny post-acute care coverage to Medicare Advantage members. In other words, if you've had surgery at a hospital that's even a hospital that's in the network and you need coverage, you need uh, treatment after the acute incident, the surgery or whatever, uh, typically you might be sent to a rehab center, but uh, these Medicare Advantage members are being thrown out of their rehabilitation programs by an artificial intelligence algorithm, not even a human being. I used to complain that that the poor saps that are covered by Medicare Advantage plans were being victimized by the pencil pushers, the accountants, um, the the bean counters, but in reality, they might be actually being victimized by the artificial intelligence bots and the um, the um, computer programs that the insurance company has set up to predict the average length of treatment that their uh, insured people are going to need, and then they throw them right out of the the rehabilitation thing, no matter whether they've uh, felt. Uh, as though they've fully recovered or not. The lawsuit alleges that this health insurance company breached its contracts with members, which resulted in unjust enrichment under federal law. So that's kind of a frightening thing when you think about the 
artificial intelligence taking over for the people that we educate to to, uh, serve as doctors. So here's a message from a client of mine named Steve. I really like Steve. Steve and his wife have a very interesting building uh, business, and um, I'm not going to tell you where they are, but they actually are in the tourist business, and they take tourists out to do a fun thing. And um, that's all I want to say because I I have not been given permission to tell who they are or where they are. But he said, um, Steve says, let's see, I'm taking one prescription drug when I was on no drugs. My bill was $70 with IRMA, I-R-M-A-A. That's the income-related monthly adjustment amount. He's a successful guy, too, just like Dominic uh, Regina. And Steve said, when I was on no drugs, my monthly premium was $70, which included the IRMA penalty. So if you don't mind, I would like to send you my drug info uh, so you can pick out a plan for me, for the cheapest option. And he says, so I'm looking at, a, at the comparison drug plan paper you sent back from my wife. Can you explain why the mail order option is not the cheapest of the options? In other words, when I send back a report that's generated from the government database, the government website, uh, I often throw in a mail order service option for the client if they'd rather not go to the drugstore. Now, maybe it's just me. I like mail order because that means I don't have to go to the drugstore which is often located in a grocery store that I'm not allowed to go to because my wife doesn't want me around when she's grocery shopping. But uh, anyway, Steve is saying we don't get that. Why a mail order is not the cheapest of all possible options. Uh, and he said, maybe that's going to be a worthy podcast topic for newbies like us, just trying to understand some of the medical Medicare intricacies. And I said, send me your drug info and I'll find the cheapest plan for you. And that just arrived in an envelope sitting right here next to me. And then in answer to your question, it used to be that mail order was the cheapest option almost always, as you suggest. For the last couple of years, that has been changing. The problem is that I have no idea why that would be. It would make a better subject for the podcast if I were able to say something more meaningful than, I don't know. And Steve said, well, you're an honest guy. I do love it. That's why he listens to the podcast. He knows he's going to get honest opinions about the observations that I see going on in the Medicare realm, but I'm still stuck with that answer. I don't know why mail order service for Medicare um, drug plans is now one of the more expensive options rather than a cheap option like it used to be. And then finally, we have a little article. Well, I'm going to talk about a potential client because I think this is worthy of spending our time on. This is a uh, was sent to me by a gentleman who is a uh, man of the cloth. He's a um, some sort of a minister. I don't know what church he's with, but he's uh, a minister in uh, kind of a small town in Wisconsin. And he asked me for quotes back a few months ago, and I was able to show him uh excellent rates on Medicare supplement insurance. And then I did the same for his wife and they are both now my clients. And uh, then it occurred to him that maybe his mother could benefit from the Medicare high deductible uh, Medicare supplement insurance because she is old enough now that her uh, existing Medicare supplement plan is much more expensive than it should be. It's had many years 
numbers of rate increases. And using the Medicare high deductible supplement, if I can get it for her, would make her um, subject to uh, a an extra 20% coinsurance for a limited period of time or a limited amount of money. But that amount would save her a ton of money that she is now paying to the insurance company for the very expensive high deduct or very expensive regular plan. So I said, let me, uh, uh, well, actually, let me read it to you. He said, dear Doug, I was talking with my mother about the Medicare supplement insurance. I have, uh, this gentleman and his wife both took high deductible plans, as I suggested, and they understand there's a little bit of trade-off limited risk in turn for a much lower premium. This, his mother asked him to compare her supplement insurance to the one that he has. I have attached two photos of her supplement insurance. Do you have any thoughts on this? If you don't have time to look at it, I understand. He knows I've been crushed with uh, people that I haven't been able to properly service uh, over this annual open enrollment period. But he thinks his, hus- his mother could profit by uh, having her insurance evaluated. So I said, hello, your mother has a plan F, which once was very affordable, but with most insurance companies, this has become very expensive. Without knowing exactly what she's paying now, I cannot say for sure, but my guess is that she would probably move to plan G and save much more than the small additional risk would cost. If she were to move to plan G, the only thing she'd be risking would be an annual $240 deductible. And uh, if the Plan G premium is more than $240 a year less than uh, the Plan F that she currently has, then she's money ahead. But my thought is, what if she could qualify for the high deductible Plan G? She'd be saving even more money. Now, I don't know what her health history is at this point, but uh, it's uh, something to consider. So I said, even better It's likely that if she were to move to high deductible plan G, her premium savings would exceed the higher deductible and she might save money even in a worst case year of very large medical expenses. Best of all, if she can answer no to all of the attached health questions, she would qualify to move from the Illinois Blue Cross Blue Shield to United American, which would offer even greater savings. I said, right now, the world is her oyster. I've attached page one of the questionnaire that your wife filled out with that information. I can find out what the various options would cost and whether she, okay, so she didn't have enough information to make an informed decision. He said, thank you for getting back to me so quickly. I appreciate this. I talked to my mother after breakfast. She said she likes her plan because she can go to any doctor in any state. She lives in Illinois, and she goes to her doctor in Indiana and travels to Wisconsin a lot. She'll be 86 in December. She answered no to every question regarding her health. She is in excellent physical health, and her doctor tells her this often. She takes care of horses on the farm. As I spoke with her, she got a little nervous, and she said, let's just leave everything as it is. I didn't put pressure on her, but she's paying $400 every month for her Plan G. Actually, I think earlier he said she had plan F. So she's paying $400 a month. That's way too much for her to pay. I thought I'd write you anyway. Do you see anything she would lose if she switched plans? I understand you're busy. Thanks for all of your help with my wife and now with my mother. 
And I said, Mike, I crunched the numbers on your mother's supplement versus my recommendation, and the results are dramatic. Her monthly premium would drop from $400 to $72. What is that? $300 and almost $30 savings every month. Annual savings of over $3,900 would be the result. If she had an unfortunate year of very high medical expenses, she would still be money ahead in the very worst case scenario. My wife and I have both enjoyed high deductible plans since we went on Medicare and have never regretted that choice, even in years of high medical charges. I went on to say there is no restriction whatsoever in the freedoms that she enjoys with her current plans. The new plan will work equally well in every state of the union with any medical practitioners who accept Medicare as payment for their services. The only difference she would see besides the healthy premium savings would be receiving an invoice from her doctor for a very small amount when she has an appointment or receives other services. The amounts of these invoices would pale in comparison to her monthly savings of around $330. There is no risk or negative consequence caused by making this move. I have helped several of my clients make this improvement, and it's the best service I can perform. I just wish I could find all the people in your mother's situation and explain the possible savings to them. Even highly successful people hate throwing money away, and that is what my recommendation solves for them. She may make this change at any time of the year if she wants to. And if she wants to think about it for a while, she won't have any deadline to worry about. I have attached the same type of documents that you and Kathy have dealt with. Application signature pages highlighted in yellow, sample questionnaire or simple questionnaires, and the request for copies of current insurance ID and Medicare cards. If she decides to take advantage of this opportunity, please have her send all of those things to me, and I will complete the rest of the process. If she doesn't want to do this, I will sleep better knowing that I at least tried. Thanks for the opportunity to assist another member of your family. And uh, this would be the best thing I could do for this lady. I've never met her before, but her annual premium right now is $4,800. Her premium, if she took my suggested high deductible plan G, would only be $864. She would save $3,900 and change. And I think that's just, uh, uh, that would that would give me uh, an extra um, halo if I died and went to heaven. So that's my goal is to help him convince his mother that the right thing to do is to save money on her health insurance premiums. And the right thing for Randy and I to do is probably to let the audience go home and um, resume our activities. What do you think, Randy? I think that's a great idea. I, um, you know, it just occurred to me that, you know, we may, we do, I don't know this for sure, but do we know for sure that heaven is in network for Medicare Advantage? Well, we don't care about Medicare Advantage. We want it to be a network for uh Medicare supplements. And of course it is because there are no networks for Medicare supplements. That's true. That's true. So anyway, you know, we need to uh, probably land the plane. We have spent our 75 cents today, as always. Someday, I think in 2024, we may want to consider up on that just a little bit. But for today, we spent our 75 cents. I'm going to audit, I'm gonna have to audit the books, Randy, before we yeah, uh, make that decision. I know. It's because you saw our new, uh, you know, C to C towers here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Plus the, the new, 
the new corporate jet is a, a drain on the finances. I, I know. I get. We'll we'll get that figured out someday. We'll we're just about done. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sure. Now, why do you always laugh after you say that? <laughs> so, anywho, we need to go ahead and close up shop here. But before I do. There's always a couple things I like to take care of, just to remind you. Doug loves to communicate with folks, especially potential clients and people with questions about Medicare supplements. You can reach him at dbj at mlmmailbag.com. Don't forget, he's licensed nationwide to help you with the decisions around Medicare supplement planning. Check us out at medicareforthelazyman.com. We would appreciate it if you could find a place to give us a couple reviews. We're coming on the end of the year and it's all about the numbers. So help us out. We'd appreciate it. But last but certainly not least, thank you for joining us today on Medicare for the Lazy Man podcast. You've spent a couple minutes with a really, really knowledgeable guy. But if you haven't kept track of the time on your watch, you have spent 32 and a half minutes with Doug Jones, the anti-insurance insurance guy from Oklahoma. No more. He's camped out in the high ground behind Cave Creek, Arizona, in his fortress of solitude. And before I say goodbye, I just want to say hello to Dominic. Hope you're having a good day. And I hope Thanksgiving is coming along your way just fine. So anyway, good to hear from you, Dominic. So anyway, long story short is we need to go ahead and close up shop. And I'm going to count you in on your Fortress of Solitude. Okay, we're coming on a holiday. 9,000 feet. I can live with that. Thank you, Randy. And thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for joining us. I'm looking forward to seeing your lovely smiling faces at our next gathering. Bye-bye. <laughs>